uh, because of course the Empire State Building, Times Square, all very exciting and beautiful, but that's not necessarily what makes New York. Hello, welcome to The Low Season, a podcast about tour guides, tourism, and the future of travel. I'm Wouter Bernhardt, a tour guide from Berlin, and currently I'm talking with colleagues from all over the world about how they're navigating the pandemic. My guest today is Alessia Nencioni, originally from Florence, Italy, but a longtime resident of New York City. Alessia and I don't talk so much about Manhattan, but dive a bit deeper into the other boroughs of New York, namely Queens, the Bronx, Harlem, and Little Italy. Neighborhoods that you often don't get to see when you're out and about by yourself. Here is Alessia Nencioni. Um, you, you are there for, for a, a long time. Um, how, how have you experienced um, yeah, your city change over the last couple of months? I don't know. It's a kind of difficult to say that, but um, I kind of like it in a sense because um, I feel like, and this is something that I, I heard many other friends of mine had in their own city, the same experience. You feel like you uh, took, again, the city of, for your own because, you know, when you live in a very touristy city, uh, there's a risk that you, um, the city becomes in service of the tourists. And so seeing the, the city just like that, it's, it's I think, um, interesting. Um, but at the same time, it's not New York anymore because what makes New York is the people. So you see all the people that you see passing by, you know, from, you know, the Wall Street broker or uh, the, uh, uh, the pizza delivery guy or uh, any other person, the person goes to the office, the one that uh, works in the streets, uh, um, anybody, the musicians, that is what makes New York. And having that disappear all of a sudden, you know, it's, uh, it's great for pictures because <laughs> you can take amazing pictures of an, uh, undisturbed uh, streets, but it's not New York anymore. You lose the energy that people transfer to you, and that's the main ingredient of the real New York, I feel. You have been, um, you've been doing um, a, a lot of food tours as well, as I understand. Um, they, they obviously, they, they're not running at the moment, Um yeah, I don't know. So, so maybe first tell me a little bit of what kind of what kind of tours you were doing. I was um, doing uh, mainly walking tours, um, and in three languages: English, Italian, and Spanish. And um, I was doing tours of uh, many different parts of the city, not only Manhattan, but of course Queens, Brooklyn, Bronx, um, and uh, focusing more. <clears throat> on the uh, more hidden aspects of the city. That's what I really enjoy to do. Naturally, as a tour guide, many times, of course, you have requests from the visitors to see the main attractions. But um, what I enjoy to show when I, when I have a blank you know, paper is, uh, when it, uh, is the hidden part of New York, the ones that uh, only the people that really live every day in New York no, um, and sometimes you know they're not really visible to the tourists, um, and so I like to show 
parts that sometimes visitors are kind of uh, scared to visit, but because they have this misconception, like for example, the Bronx, um, which is one of the parts that I love, or Harlem, especially um, the East um, the East Harlem, or what is called uh, Spanish Harlem or El Barrio, which is not the part of Harlem that is usually more um, you know, visited because it doesn't have many churches and usually Harlem is more beaten during, on Sundays for the Gospels. Uh, but that is uh, a vibrant part of Harlem because it's uh, mainly, um, you know, with uh, uh, Latin Americans um, citizens and they, they are so alive, uh, especially when there's a good season. You could see every corner, there's always people doing music and you smell all the, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the beautiful smells of the different kind of food from their, uh, from their countries. And you almost get transported to another place. And it's just so alive. It's full of colors. There's a lot of street art in that part of Harlem. Um, so that's also another sp- aspect that I like to show. Uh, or, for example, um, also still in Manhattan, uh, the Lower East Side, which, again, it's another part of uh, Manhattan's not really that much known uh, by tourists. It's really close to Soho and to Little Italy or Chinatown, so people go gravitate more towards these areas. And Lower East Side has so much to offer and to see and so much history, especially connected with the immigration. They're really touching. And usually when I uh, tell these stories, people really like them. Um, Or for example, another one, it's uh, the Bronx, Little Lily, which is another part of the Bronx. The Bronx is so big that it has so many different parts. And the Bronx Lily is also one of the parts that's very far to get to. That's why not too many people go there. Um, and it's considered the real literally of New York City nowadays. I think what I what I find interesting there um, is, and maybe you can t- t- talk a little bit about that. You say you really enjoy taking people to the sort of hidden aspects of New York. Um, at, at the same time, it must feel sort of also a bit weird to take tourists to to see the places where people live, you know, and and have them take pictures of people's sort of just daily routines. Maybe the residents also, I don't know, maybe don't always enjoy that so much. How do you, why do you think it, regardless of, of that, why do you think it's still important to show people these parts of New York City? Uh, well, let me start saying that, uh, especially when uh, I go into places like, the Bronx, and I'm not talking about Bronx, Italy, I'm talking about South Bronx, which is a different part, or maybe Harlem. I always tell people, um, yes, you take pictures, but uh, try not to take pictures of too much of people, too much of, on their face, because, uh, you know, you're not a, at the zoo. Uh, you know, these are real people in real life. And I feel like, um, anyway, it's very important because um People that really want to know New York have to experience the real New York. I mean, the, 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 the real everyday life of New Yorkers and that makes New York 
the, the city that we all love around the world. Uh, because, of course, the Empire State Building, Times Square, all very exciting and beautiful. But that's not necessarily what makes New York. What makes New York are the people. And if you only go and see, <clears throat> stay only in 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 um, sorry in uh, Times Square or Fifth Avenue, yes, you'll see people, but you won't see the real uh, New York citizens necessarily because there are more places where uh, you'll find tourists or you'll find maybe people that uh, work in the area or they go shopping in the area. It's only one kind of extraction, social extraction of people. Meanwhile, New York is so big and it's made of so many different communities, uh, so many different also ethnicities that it's good to learn how everybody lives and uh, where everybody lives because that's what makes New York. I, I think that many tourists, when they go visit places, they hardly get the chance to actually meet the people that, that live there, right? Like if, if you say this is what makes a city, it's the people that make the city, it's the people that give it its character and, it, and, its, and its flow. Yet most people, when they go to New York, when they go to Berlin, when they go to London, to Paris, they, they go in, they eat food, they take pictures of buildings and then they leave again you know um i i found this very interesting a, a friend of mine said at some point you have to realize that when you're a tour guide often you're the only person they speak to an actual berliner that lives in berlin you're often the only person they speak to have a conversation with on their entire trip once they're there the, do you i mean with with your thoughts about what makes a city? Do you think most tourists are just completely <laughs> missing out on the city? Yes, I do think that. Um, and especially a certain kind of tourists, um, which I don't, um, I'm not criticizing or judging by any means because, uh, um, you know, many people don't speak English. Um, they, it's the first time maybe that they go uh, to visit a place so far from home. So they maybe sometimes feel more safe with, uh, a, um, you know, organized tours, uh, organized uh, uh, journeys and visits. And sometimes they don't um, think or maybe they just rely on uh, the tour guide book where they tell you to go here and there. And that's all they they do. Um, but that's because, you know, they don't feel comfortable. They feel like New York is such a big city. And if they, you know, they might get in danger of, or get lost or finding situations that are uncomfortable if they're trying to get uh, to go outside of those uh, lines, you know. Um, but that's uh, when I think and that's not all, it's not reason. It's not I'm not saying that because I'm a tour guide, but. That's why I think you need to have a tour guide, even if the place is as famous as New York, where you think you might find everything in a book. Um, because if you get a local tour guide, a person that lives for a long time in the city, you might be able to see and experience parts of the city that you were not going to experience if you were just going to rely on, uh, on the guidebook or on a bus tour. Um, and that's another problem that especially Italian tourists have, <laughs> food. 
this is the drama. Because <laughs> they have this conception that um, in New York, you can only have bad pizza and, uh, and burgers. That's all you can eat. And I try to explain, well, New York is actually the place where you can eat anything you want in the world because it's made by so many ethnicities that any desire you have, you can actually fulfill it. Because if you want to eat Ethiopian food, you'll find it. Lebanese food, you'll find it. And the best you can have, because they, you know, it's made by immigrants that came here and made their life in New York. So you'll uh, you be sure that that kind of food, it's very authentic. And so I said, why don't you just experience, you know, the, the food? Because they say that, oh, they think that the typical food here is just burgers and pizza. No, I, I feel like you're very um, passionate about what you do and, and about the city and the, and the, the, the people that, that come to visit it. How, how do you channel all that energy now that there, there isn't any work? What, what kind of projects are you, are you working on? Uh, well, I, like many other colleagues of mine, I started to do virtual tours um, and uh, I'm exploring every week a different part of uh, the city. Uh, of course, we cannot go outside yet, so I'm just uh, uh, showing pictures that I took in the past or short videos that I took in the past and uh, just taking uh, that as um, in, um, you know, a starting point to tell the stories of uh, the neighborhoods or the attractions that I'm uh, showing to the public. And um, I started actually at the beginning of the quarantine to do this little um, like virtual tours and just uh, publishing them on YouTube. And they were going very well. Uh, but now I saw that I, because the situation looks like it's not going to be resolved uh, for a while. So the tourists are not going to be in New York for a while. I had to find a way of, um, you know, sourcing some income for myself. So just like my colleagues did, I started to do this um, virtual tour that I um, I, uh, I do on Zoom and people can purchase them on Eventbrite for you know just $10. I think so. I think everybody is trying to figure out what to do. And um, I, yeah, I think on cre creating some, some form of, of content or creating some sort of, I don't know, material, it's, it's not only good to put stuff out there, it's also good to sort of keep ourselves sane, right? To keep right. our minds occupied, to think about the city that we live in in different ways and just to explore what kind of stories we want to be telling. Exactly. And um, I also doing these tours for children. So I have, um, I had few schools, especially because I do them both in Italian and in English. I um, was contacted by a few schools in Italy that wanted to um, that wanted to uh, um, propose this program to their uh, students because also them they are trying to find different ways of teaching, and so they thought that maybe it was fun to have uh, like a little virtual tour and having interesting stories being told by New York City. <laughs> Well, Alessia, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate your 
insights in in well what's happening in New York, but also mo mostly about your neighborhoods and the neighborhoods you like to guide in. I, I thought that was a really nice conversation. Thank you so much. Have a great uh, rest of the day and evening for you. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye bye. That was Alessia Nanchoni from Queens in New York City. Talking to Alessia made me wonder about what it means to see a city, to experience what life is like there. Everybody at some point will want to see the highlights, the remarkable architecture and the monuments the city erected. But getting to know the little neighborhoods where actual New Yorkers live, maybe even getting to know some of the residents, that's something that will give you a completely different take on a city. Whether the locals are always interested in having a chat with some nosy tourists, that's of course another question. I always tell people, uh, try not to take pictures of too much of people, too much of, on their face, because, uh, you know, you're not a, at the zoo. Travel introduces a unique opportunity for cultural exchange and education. And having a good and responsible guide around that knows the locals and encourages the conversation can be an indispensable part of that exchange. Alessia organizes a whole bunch of virtual tours, mostly aimed at kids and given in both English and Italian. If you're interested in what she's got to offer, I've put her information in the notes of the show. Should have a look at the show notes sometimes. It offers a whole range of extra info that will help put the episode in a bit more context. Next week, we're back with Caitlin Calogera from Washington, DC. I thought, wow, like there's so many ways to learn and it's fun when when it's right there in front of you. Taking stories and history and culture out of a textbook and making it very tangible and very accessible for people. The Low Season is produced by me, Wouter Bernhardt. Music is by Mark Schilders. Artwork is by Christopher White. And Georgia Riongu is my ghostwriter. Speak soon, my friends.